there is a library that exists at the nexus where all other universes collide. Inevitably, things wind up there by mistake. Books, artifacts, people. This is the place where things from all universes end up when they get lost. This is the Eternity Archives. Welcome back to the Eternity Archives, our actual play tabletop role-playing podcast. Last time on the Eternity Archives, uh, Zen and Rill walked through various extremely creepy ruins. They remembered how to read maps. They had a couple of surprises, and then they found a necromancer who is ready to throw down over this amulet. So this is going to be an interesting episode. Uh, my name is Ziva. My um, pronouns are she, her, and I usually play Linda, the human office lady. I am anchoring this arc, so this is going to be um, my last episode anchoring for 13th Age. My question that I want to discuss with my co-host this week is, if you were a sword, what kind of sword would you be? I think I would be a sick-ass Lord of the Rings sword. I'd like glow up when there's probably giant spiders around because giant spiders are gross and I don't think they like light because they have like a billion eyes. So that's the kind of sword that I would be. Uh, hi, I'm Dorka. My pronouns are she, her, and I play Zen, who in this arc is a dragonfolk fighter and she is very much in her element. If I were a sword, I would be a Scottish broadsword, um, which is not a claymore. A claymore is a type of <laughs> of broadsword from Scotland, but it's not the same as a Scottish broadsword. I'm thinking more of like the uh, the basket-hilted sword. Okay, you fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> that is the kind of sword that I would be mostly just because it is my favorite sword to fight with. How many people have you killed with a Scottish broadsword? I have killed zero people with a Scottish broadsword. All right, well, Sounds your, your time's coming. Um... <laughs> My name is Baffy. My pronouns are they, them. I play Real De Jaquel, who is a tiefling sorcerer. And the kind of sword I would be is, I was trying to decide if this was like fantasy swords, like specific name swords or a uh, classic sword, like what Dorka said. And I- I'm going to go with the weeb answer, as I usually do. Okay, is the word pronounced Falcon or Falchion? Oh my god, I have no idea. I'm going to say Falcon because that's, in my mind, how it sounds best, but I've heard it pronounced Falchion, and I think that's stupid, and I think it's a French thing, and I think the French are incorrect in this case because it sounds bad. Yeah, it's derived from the French Falchion. Yeah, I don't like that. Um, I would say sorry to the French, but in this case, I think you guys should say sorry to me. <laughs> but So I would be the, the Falcon sword from uh, Fire Emblem Awakening specifically, because that is the sword that uh, Lucina and her, her father use. And so I want to be held by my blue-haired wife as she uses me to kill uh, bad guys and whatever. And so that's the type of sword I would be. That's a good answer. I want you to know that I just googled it to um, find the pronunciation. It is Falchion. The like fifth result is Falchion from the Fire Emblem wiki. So. Well, I still think Falchion is wrong, and I'm not going to say it like that, and no one can make me. I will say it incorrectly <laughs> just because I think it sounds better. Falcon is uh, much cooler. It sounds like Falcon. Yeah, it does exactly. sound like Falcon. 
Also, I believe the word itself was derived from the a Latin derivative. So in Latin, I believe that's a soft C, right? It would still be the hard C where it goes. Yeah, be a K. Yeah. So it should actually be a falcon, in my opinion. And it was the French who fucked it up. I apologize to anyone who speaks French and is French. I have nothing <laughs> against you or your language for the most part. Um, but this particular tidbit I don't like. Uh, and I will take it up with your government. These are very cool looking swords. <laughs> We did just lose every listener from Canada, though, so... Oh, that's, that's, well, <laughs> Only French Canada. The yeah. rest of okay. Canada yeah, is that's pumping fair. their fist, excited. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, one note that I want to make before we dive into the actual play this time is, uh, dear listeners, I fucked up. So, the escalation die you may have noticed in our last episode, we actually do two different ways. Um, one way is that we add it to our attack rolls, and one way is that we add it to our damage. Um, and you'll hear in this upcoming episode that we add it to our damage. That's wrong. Don't do that. <laughs> you should be adding it to your attack rolls. Um, and this is totally on me. Um, I completely forgot how to do it just in like the like the haze of like all the little things you have to keep in mind when you are GMing. But since this is like partially an educational podcast and not just fun roleplay times, if you remember a single thing about 13th Age, remember that your escalation die goes on your attack rolls, not your damage. Um, I did feel slightly better when I googled it because I was like, where did this come from? And this is like a common misconception that everyone seems to have about this because it could honestly go either way. I don't think it like massively unbalanced the game by any means. But just keep that in mind as we go through this fight that this is uh, not the correct way to do the escalation die. (laughs) Um, It should be added to your attack rolls. But that being said, let's go ahead and dive into that fight, shall we? Yes, let's go. All right. You notice that the amulet is hanging around the rotting neck of a woman who shouldn't exist. Moldy, once-grand clothes hang off her skeletal arms, and gnarled hands with nails like claws grip a tall scepter. With a death rattle and breath like the grave, she snarls at you. Well, well, well. You've come a long way just to die. This amulet is going to the Lich King, and there's nothing you could do to stop it. I mean, we, we could kill you. That's one thing we could do to stop it. Well, I guess that would work, but good luck with that. (laughs) Oh, uh, thank you. So hold up, Rill. Yeah, what? You're uncomfortable killing the undead corpses, but this chick you're just ready to throw down? So here's my thinking. I fell into the hole. I intruded on the cake bodies, and then, you know, understandably they would attack me because I intruded in their in their home. And so we walked through these doors. Okay, well, and intruded. That no, uh, because this door wasn't locked. If she didn't want us to come in, she would have she would have locked the doors. And, oh my god! And also, she's clearly antagonizing us, and that means it's okay to. Uh, Will you two get on with it? <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I agree with that. Please, come on. She's so rude. Oh my god. I've been waiting here like all day. Oh, all day. Oh, it must be so hard just standing in a room just waiting. I've got no moral dilemma here. Let's throw down. (laughs) All right, roll for initiative. (laughs) Oh my god, I got a one. (laughs) Well, I got a um, 17 plus three, so I got a 20. Yeah, I got a one plus one. Okay, Zen, you get to go first. Is our it's our favorite combat order, Zen, the enemy, and Rill. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna make an enemy sandwich. <laughs> well, I am going for her. I'm just gonna rush in, swinging that axe. Yeah, Zen, bone her like we boned the other guy. No, that was that was chapter two. We're in chapter three now. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, so I'm just gonna rush in with my axe and swing it at her. 
hand. Alright, I rolled a 17 plus 5. Alright, you hit her. Good. Oh, and I'm going to use my maneuver carve an opening, which is triggered by any natural odd roll. Okay. Which is my crit range with melee attacks expands by a cumulative plus 1 until I score a critical hit. Okay. So... God, those maneuvers are awesome. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty cool. All right, so I rolled a one plus four, so that's five damage to her. And now I have a quick action I'd like to make. All right. I'd like to use my breath weapon. Okay. So that is a close quarters breath weapon attack as a quick action using my highest ability score. Okay. All right, and I rolled a 17 plus my highest ability score is plus four. So that's 21, and that's against her physical defense, not her armor class. You definitely have hit her. Okay. So now I get to deal 1d6 damage per level. So that's 1d6 damage. So that's three fire damage for her. All right, that was a pretty good first round. Yeah, I think so. I've been rolling awesome this game. It's these new dice. So now it is her turn, and she is going to do Shroud of Souls. That sounds horrible. Yeah, it's not great. So she rolls a four plus nine is a 13 against your mental defense. My mental defense? Yes. Okay, well, my mental defense is a 13. Okay, so this is a meets beats. So she does five psychic damage to you, which is damage in terms of how you mark it on your sheet. And you are going to take 10 psychic damage each time that you attack her. Oh my God. Until you pass a save. So does that mean Zen's afraid of feet? Uh, Zen is now afraid of, uh, what? Because <laughs> it's a shroud of souls. Oh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> you must be stopped. <laughs> I am the true villain of this campaign. <laughs> You've just really turned up the puns. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're killing it. And me. Also me. <laughs> She's surrounded by feet just rotating around her. <laughs> that is not Zen's fetish. Uh, yeah, that's why you're taking psychic damage. <laughs> okay, so just to specify, the save is done at the end of your turn, and you have to roll an 11 plus for your save. Okay. Since it is a normal save. Okay. So that is the end of her turn. Real, it is your turn. So I am going to use my Chaos Bolt, and let me roll for what elemental damage I do. I got a two, which is fire. All right, lots of fire this time. Yeah, lots of fire. God, I'm rolling like horse poop. So I got a 9 plus 5 of 14 against her physical defense. Uh, yeah, her physical defense is 14. Oh, hell yes. Okay, so my blade turns hot and the runes kind of glow orange. And then I will roll damage. Wow, got a 1 plus a 4. I, I got a 5. All right, so you did 5 damage. Yes, I hold up my blade to shoot up like a really cool firebolt, but it's just kind of sad looking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and Rose is like, uh, that was a warning shot. <laughs> That's the end of my turn. <laughs> All right, then. So now we are in our second round of combat, so our escalation dies at once. So remember to add that to your damage. Zen, it's your turn. Knock yourself out. Okay. No, well, I mean, don't do that. Don't knock yourself out. I mean, I might, because I don't get to make that save until the end of my turn, right? Yeah. All right, well, I'm going to attack her anyway. So I take 10 damage just from doing that, but now I'm going to roll. I rolled a 10, and I get a plus 5 to that, so 15. 
Are you attacking her with your weapon for against armor class? Yes. Okay, you miss. Oh no. So I do one damage. Okay. And I am going to activate my grim intent, which is, again, that next time I miss, I get to hurt her anyway. Okay. And now I would like to try and make my save. All right. So do I add anything to that? No. It's just a d20. Is it like from a stat or anything? Nope. I don't think so. All right. I rolled a 19. Yes, you and that effect. Okay, good. I just like to think when you attacked her and you took that damage, she was just like, a boot to the head! And then you got to the head. The DM boot. (laughs) All right, so then that is the end of your turn. So now it is her turn, and she's going to just attack you with her weapon, which is her crystal scepter. Ooh, that sounds fancy. It's very fancy. She rolled a 15 plus 9, a 24 versus your AC. Jesus, yeah, that hits. You take oh, yeah, well, 12 damage. Oh well, my god! <laughs> Jesus. Well, that's dumb, because crystals break easily. Stupid. <laughs> I forgot, did you add your escalation last time? I did not add my escalation. So she takes an extra point of damage. Okay. Alright, so she did 12 damage to me? 12 damage. Okay, I'm gonna do my um, heavy warrior talent, which is the once per battle, I get to take half damage from an attack that targets AC. Okay. So I only take six damage. Good life decision. Yeah, real real good. I'm still hurting. You have potions though, right? I do. Alright, so real, it is your turn. Okay, okay, cool. So I actually have something called my infernal heritage. Uh, Once per day as a quick action, when the escalation die is 1+, you can enter a spell frenzy until the end of the battle. While in a spell frenzy, you roll 2d20 for each of your sorcerer spell attacks. Use the highest die as your attack roll, but track whether the other die hits. For each die that misses, you take damage equal to double the level of the target of your attack. Okay. So that might be dangerous. So I enact my spell frenzy. So I'm going to use Chaos Bolt again. God, what the frick? <laughs> it's a 6 plus 6, so that's 12. What type of damage? Physical defense. Uh, no dice, unfortunately. I'll just roll one more d20. Okay. Since I missed on that first one, and please fuck. <laughs> please fucking do this again. Shit. Okay, so no, it's, it's still just 8 plus 5, so 13. Uh, you miss. Damn it. Okay, well, I do do damage equal to my level. For both of those? No, just just the one chaos bolt. It's just that I get to roll twice. I don't want to attack twice. Okay, got it. So then that plus the escalation would be two. Yes, and then I take damage equal to double the level of her. So that's eight. Holy shit! Oh, shit. Well, now we know what level she is. Yeah, she's level four. So the way I imagine this is, like, uh, Rill is, like, ready to take this lady down because this lady's mean and they don't like mean people. And so you you see just kind of, like, fiery energy just kind of, like, uh, rolling from their blade, like, around them. And then they try to hit this woman, shoot firebolts at this woman, and instead they just burn themselves. They're just like, ow, this is really hot. I, <laughs> I did not think this through. Oh, oh god. Uh... There's no dial to turn this down. <laughs> so we then are at the top of the round. Our escalation die is now at two, and Zen, it is your turn. All right, I'm going to drink a healing potion. That makes sense, yes. Yes, that's, I roll my recovery. Okay, I rolled a nine plus three, so I get 12 hit points back. 
Nice. Yeah, my recovery die is a d10, so... Oh, that's pretty sweet. I guess you have to have that when you're a fighter. Yeah. Drinking a potion is an action, right? Yes, it's a standard action. Alright, so that's it for my turn. Okay, uh, so then it is the Lich Baroness's turn. So she's going to roll to disengage with Zen and attack Rill with a ranged attack. Okay, so I'm going to remind you of my fighter feature, which is threatening, which is whenever an enemy attempts to disengage from me, it takes a penalty to its check equal to my dexterity or constitution modifier, whichever is higher. So when you roll, you're going to take a penalty of three. Okay. So she rolled a 20, minus three is a 17, which is a successful disengagement, I believe. Oh, well, I tried. You did try. It's a good (laughs) ability. She's just beefy. It's just a normal check, so she just has to hit an 11. Okay, so then she disengages, and she's going to do Soul Blast at Rill. Stop throwing your feet at me. So uh, then she rolls a 1 plus 9, which is a 10, against your mental defense. Mental defense? Okay, my mental defense is a 14. However... I have a tiefling racial power, which is called Curse of Chaos. Once per battle, as a free action, when a nearby enemy rolls a natural 1 to 5 on an attack or a save, turn their roll into a natural 1 and improvise a further curse that shows how their attempt backfires horribly. Whoa. Ooh. So, okay, so what was Soul Blast supposed to do? Soul Blast was supposed to blast you with 10 negative energy damage and then 5 ongoing psychic damage for a hard save. Ew, that's rude as shit. That would have fucking killed me. Okay, so, uh, for example, a typical curse might lead to the cursed attacker dealing half damage to themselves with their fumbled attack and being dazed until the end of their turn. GM may reward storytelling flair and or limit the suggested effects of the curse. So I think with Curse of Chaos, hmm, I didn't think this through. What do you guys think would be a good curse? (laughs) So I'm not going to weigh in on this one since I'm the GM. Okay, yes. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I think maybe just turning it back on her and just, like, shooting herself in the face with it. <laughs> maybe it's fine. <laughs> okay. Okay, so I enact my Curse of Chaos because she rolled a one. And instead of the Soul Blast going towards me, uh, can I say for flavor, it kind of, like, gets deflected from my, like, uh, rolling aura of, like, fire. Yeah, absolutely. That's very cool. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to do that. And then, yeah, the suggested test says half damage, so I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, half damage makes total sense to me. So then I'm going to do both half of her regular damage, and then for the ongoing psychic damage, I'm just going to add half of that this one time, rather than actually have it be ongoing. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So that's then going to be half of 15. We'll round down that 7, so that does 7 damage to her. (laughs) Stop hitting yourself. combat in this game is is just like a never-ending game of you've activated my trap card (laughs) yeah it really is we'll talk about it at the end um i'm really excited to debrief about this unfortunately i only have the one trap card uh (laughs) (laughs) all righty so then real it's your normal turn now Yes, uh, let me see here. I was hoping I could resist energy, but there's no uh, there's no such thing as resist psychic energy, so I'm just going to chaos bolt her. Okay, so I got a 12 plus 5, which is 17, and I got a 7 plus 5, which is 12, which misses, right? Yes. Okay. But the other one hits pretty good. Okay, okay, cool. Oh, and since it was an even number, if the natural attack rolls even, I gain a chaotic benefit as if I had gathered power. Okay. Ooh. 
Okay, so Gather Power is a sorcerer class specific feature where basically I can spend a turn to, you know, gather power and I can double the die of my damage of my next spell and I also gain a benefit. This one says specifically I gain a chaotic benefit as if I gather power, so I don't believe I get the double damage. So let me see here what I can pick. So this makes me roll a 1d6. Do you want me to roll a 1d6 to see which one I get? Uh, yeah. Okay. Got a 5. So I deal damage equal to my level to one nearby enemy, which is her. Okay. So I think, uh, let me roll my attack first, so it's 1d8 plus charisma. I need to get one of those dice trays, because uh, my little, like... <laughs> space beneath my keyboard is not going to cut it. Okay, so I get a 5 plus 4, which is 9. So I think what I do is I try to like harness that energy, that like spell frenzy energy that's like swirling around me, and grab the hilt of my sword. I'm doing it the right way, like Zen taught me! (laughs) I would point it at her, and then kind of the swirling spell frenzy energy that is like gathering around me, like, uh, shoots towards her. Um, and then there's a little, a little tiny baby fire for my chaotic benefit that pokes her in the eyes for the one damage. So altogether I do 10 fire damage. Okay, did you add the escalation die? Oh, escalation plus two, so 12. Alright. And then I take damage equal to double the level, so I take four damage because i missed double the level you take eight damage oh shit wait did i miss twice last time or did i only miss once oh i guess you missed twice so i should have taken 16 damage (laughs) oh no is it is it per each dice or is it just yeah it's for each die (laughs) oh boy yeah no you should have taken 16 damage last time oh shit (laughs) okay well i'm down Oh boy, okay. So, are you unconscious? Yes, I'm at zero HP exactly. (laughs) Okay. So, at this point, the way that this game handles unconsciousness is that you're going to have to do death saves, and Zen can feed you a potion. That counts. Let me double check the, like, specific ins and outs, but I know that there are death saves, and each turn you're going to have to do a death save. The risk I took was calculated, but boy, am I bad at math. (laughs) (laughs) So at the start of your turn, from now on, um, you're going to roll a death save, um, which is a d20, and it's a hard save. So you have to roll 16+. plus. If you roll a 16+, plus, you get to use one of your recoveries to return to consciousness, and you paint us a word picture about what brought you back from the brink. If you roll 15 or less, you take one step towards the grave. After the fourth failed death save in a single battle, you die. Wait, it has to be 15 over for a success? Yes. Oh my god. If you roll a nat 20, you get to just have a regular turn. And um, if one of your allies, so this is for Zen, if one of your allies is unconscious, you can stabilize them using like a healing check. You can also feed them a healing potion, which takes a standard action and automatically recovers them. Okay. Okay, so then um, that is the end of Rill's turn. So now we're at our next round of combat. So our escalation die is now a three. Wait, I have a question. So because I rolled the two spell frenzy dice at the same time, so I missed and I hit her at the same time. So would I still have done damage? Yes. Okay. So basically it's like I shot a firebolt at her and then I also set myself on fire and killed myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. You're going to have no eyebrows. When oh no, over. my eyebrows! <laughs> So, um, slightly good news, she is now staggered. Oh, yay. What does that do again? Nothing. Oh. <laughs> it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't mean anything unless you have an effect that works specifically on staggered enemies. Okay, got it. 
So then the Lich Baroness is unengaged with anyone right now because she used a ranged spell at Rill. Okay, so that means I'm going to run past her and open up one of those healing potions and dump it down Rill's throat. Oh no. All right, so go ahead and roll for that. Rill, you need to roll for your recovery. Uh, I got a four HPs. Okay, so now congratulations, you have four HP. Yay. And that does not count as one of your recoveries for the day. Oh, nice. But it does count as Zen's standard action for the turn. If you have a quick action you want to do, you're welcome to do it. Nope, no quick actions. So now it is the Lich Baroness's turn, and she is going to shoot Soul Blast at Zen. All right. So she rolls a uh, nat 20. Oh, no. Uh, so when the Lich Baroness scores a critical hit, Zen loses a death save until the end of the battle. Oh, no. So now uh, if you fall unconscious, you get three rolls, not four. Okay. In addition, the crit range of attacks by the Lich against the target expands by the Escalation die. Oh, that's scary. So now against Zen, her crit range starts at 17. Also, it says here, if I make a natural even hit, then the target is dazed. But I don't know if that applies to these magic effects. Have you all been doing those like natural even hits and things for magic as well? Yeah, my Chaos Bolt, it specifically calls out on my Chaos Bolt spell card and on my Lightning Fork spell card. Okay, so then um, in this case, Zen, you are dazed. All right, and what does that mean? So dazed is a minus four penalty to attack. You can end it with an 11 plus save. Okay. So, now that the Lich Baroness has done that, she also attacks you with a Soul Blast, which does 10 negative energy damage and 5 ongoing psychic damage that you can end with a hard save. Okay. So that doesn't count this turn, but it will count next turn. So next turn, will I have to make two saves? Yes. Okay. So that is the end of her turn. So, Real, it is your turn. Okay, so to me it makes sense that when I got knocked out, my spell frenzy ended, but it doesn't say on the spell card if it does. It just says once per day, you can enter a spell frenzy until the end of the battle, and it doesn't say if I die or if I go unconscious. But I'm guessing it must, right? Like, that's what makes sense. (laughs) Hey, it doesn't say that, so... I don't know if I want it to keep going, because it's gonna fucking knock me out again. (laughs) Okay, well, I guess if it's gonna keep going, then yeah. Can you choose to end it? doesn't specify let me look it up say if it doesn't say anywhere i'm happy to like make a gm decision that you can choose to end it especially since this is a tough fight it's not like i'm throwing you guys a softball here (laughs) (laughs) no one plays this game so no one it doesn't say anything (laughs) i do wish there was more of a community for this game other than like the odd reddit post but again we'll talk about that at the end so i'm making a gm executive decision here which is that you can choose to end it or you can say when you knocked unconscious that you like lost you know you lost your focus um, however you want to paint that picture right i'm gonna say when i did get knocked out it probably did stop just because it's like i don't know i'm not in much of a frenzy if i'm just knocked out yeah fair enough and uh, i think like my because on my chaos bolt it says at the beginning of every battle so i'm Assuming that means even if I die, then my Chaos Bolt is still fire, or should I re-roll for that? I think it makes sense to keep that. Okay, okay. So I think I would still get, you know, when I get knocked unconscious, kind of the uh, anime fucking fire aura shit probably died, uh, but my blade was still probably, like, glowing hot with, like, the orange runes and stuff like that. Are you pretty hurt, Zen? Um, I'm kind of hurt. Not as hurt as you, but... 
Well, I mean, you know, I, um... <laughs> I, I'm soft. It's fine. Everything hurts. It's okay. <laughs> we have one more potion? Yes. Yes. Okay. Is, is there a way for me to, like, take that potion from you and, like, give it to you? <laughs> or can I only do that with an unconscious body? I'm gonna go ahead and say you can probably only do that with an unconscious body. Okay. It doesn't make a ton of sense that you would, like... That's fair. ...feed it to her otherwise. <laughs> It'd be like if you, like, went out to a movie and your friend, like, strapped the popcorn on your face. It'd be just <laughs> kind of weird. I mean, I'd be fine with that. I mean, I mean, I'd, I'd probably eat my way out of that situation personally. But <laughs> okay, then I'll just uh, I'll just do another chaos bolt. Okay, go for it. Unfortunately, I've used all my cool shit. Uh, fourteen plus four, eighteen against her PD. Yes. Okay. You hit her. So because I rolled a fourteen, I get a chaotic benefit. All right. I need also more screens, bigger screens, to have all these pages open. Uh, so I rolled a four, and I deal damage equal to my level to all nearby staggered enemies. Uh, okay. So, so there you go. <laughs> um, and then I will roll my damage. So I got a five plus four, nine plus three is twelve. Plus your one, right? Uh, yes, 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 yes. From gap for my gather power chaotic benefit. Yes. So that's a total of thirteen. Yes. All right. Wow, that was a really good hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. alright. She is not looking so great right now. She's definitely uh, got some... I mean, she's definitely like like staggered, but she's also staggering around, and her death rattle has increased even more. Uh, if I did her voice the way she currently feels, I would not have any vocal cords left. Oh no! <laughs> I think I think Rill would get up and then try to like stand in front of Zen, even if they are much closer to death than Zen is, just because... They're like, no, no, I got this. Uh, I, uh, I will, I'll, I'll protect you, Zen. Everything hurts. <laughs> Everything already hurts. So it's like, oh, what is she gonna do? Hurt me more? That's okay. Good luck. <laughs> All right. So uh, Zen, now it is your turn, and we're at the top of the round again. So our escalation die is now four. So it's nice of Real to stand in front of her and everything, but Zen's just kind of gonna be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> It would probably be smartest to rally this turn, but who said anything about being smart? Yeah, Zen <laughs> can't count. So we're gonna we're gonna do another attack roll. All right, bring it on, baby. Oh boy. Okay, so I rolled a nineteen. Okay. But since I did that carve an opening earlier, my crit range is now nineteen to twenty. Oh. So that's a crit. <laughs> Uh, remember um, that you have the minus four because you're dazed. <gasps> but that's still a crit, isn't it? It's still a crit. Yeah, because that's what you naturally rolled. Yeah, that yeah. was my natural roll. With okay. my modifier, it would be 24. So it would okay. still be a 20 with, with yeah. the minus okay. four. Okay. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, so congratulations. Yes, you have a crit. Okay, just like kind of dizzy, swinging her axe around. I'm gonna get you. <laughs> yeah. uh, Zen, are you sure you're okay? I, I mean, you're kind of oh god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's roll. Let's roll some damage and then double it. All right, don't forget you got plus four right now because of the escalation. Okay, so I rolled a six, and so my attack is six plus four, and then another plus four from the escalation. So that's twenty-eight damage. Holy, Holy fuck! <laughs> oh my god! All right, uh, so uh, <laughs> you hit the Lich Baroness 
with your axe and she explodes in a cloud of dust and throughout uh, this this creepy room you can hear her last dying shouts of you guys are dicks <laughs> uh, yeah well it takes one to know one <laughs> I'm glad she exploded into dust and not into like something else no, definitely dust. Uh, the amulet <laughs> uh, clangs across the ground, uh, and you noticed disquietingly that um, the dust slowly starts to creep its way out of the room off to God knows what unholy purpose. But the amulet is now free for the taking. So is she the negative energy we were feeling? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay, you were okay. feeling necromancy. Okay. Uh, can I chase after her dust? Uh, I, yeah, if you want. Can I try to catch some? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, I'm gonna catch some and then I'm gonna eat some. Oh my god, okay. <laughs> no, don't do that. Okay, okay, but obviously she's going to regenerate and, uh, you know, she could probably still, uh, regenerate, but like, you know, she's gonna be missing, like, a finger or a hand, um, hopefully a finger, cause it's gonna be in my stomach and then eventually I will, I will poop I'm it gonna out, stick a finger down your throat and make <laughs> no! you vomit that up. No, ew, that's gross. <laughs> she's gonna, just gonna cry Rill's mouth though. Be like, give it to me! No! <laughs> Drop it! No. Do not eat that! <laughs> it's too late! <laughs> that, uh, is gross. Linda starts gagging a little bit. I mean, yeah, it is gross, but I'm I'm trying to save the world here because I feel like at one point she is going to regenerate and she's going to be missing a very vital part of her uh, her body. It's going to be uh, in the library's sewage system, however that works. Uh, for the record, the part of her that you just ate is definitely the left butt cheeks, so you're not going to be helping her. <laughs> you're not going to be stopping her that much. Okay, but haven't you watched that episode of King of the Hill where Hank has no ass and so he can't sit? <laughs> That's true, she's going to have a hard time sitting upon her throne of skulls if she is missing half an ass. Yeah, there. <laughs> also, um, as the GM, uh, the word picture I paint for you is that your stomach is horrifically upset. Oh, no. You're not supposed to eat liches. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but other than some disapproving, concerned head shakes from Dumpy, you seem to be okay. Oh, my stomach hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's not really a surprise. You did. You just ate a lady. Who knows what part that was? I, I ate, like, some of her. Maybe it it's... was her butt. Ew. But, yeah. Maybe it was Skate her butt. Fast, eat ass. Anyway. <laughs> Rose gonna sit on the floor. Because <laughs> their stomach hurts and they, they died. <laughs> Alright, so Zen is gonna get the, uh, the necklace. Alright, so you reach down and uh, pick up the amulet. Um, so now that you have it in your hands, you can hear Linda chime in and she says, Oh, that that's it. You got it. Uh, are, are you ready to come back? Uh, <laughs> oh. yeah, let's let's uh, pull us back before Rail eats anything else that they shouldn't be eating. Yeah, I'll pull you back and I'll ready some Pepto-Bismol. Uh, see you all soon. And as usual, you can feel uh, the tightening feeling of the void from the library. And uh, thankfully, you may get back this time uh, without any drama. Although you do hear familiar voices like those that you heard coming in, whispering grateful words to you, thanking you for your heroics and for keeping the amulet out of the hands of the Lich King. And soon enough, you find yourselves back in the book drop. Uh, and Linda, as promised, is standing there with some Pepto-Bismol. And of course, uh, with plenty uh, of leftover goodies to celebrate your victory. Zen is just covered in dust that used to be a person. Yeah, Rill oh. absolutely throws up after they get back after the... <laughs> 
reality warping. Yeah, Rail's also covered in grave meat. Yeah, great grave meat. Um, <laughs> questionable chocolate cake. Uh, Linda reaches into her, her purse and pulls out uh, a lint roller and like the most amount of Lysol wipes you've ever seen. And just, just hands them both to you and says, you look like you've had a rough time. And uh, bends down and gives um, Dumpy a little head rustle. Dumpy is mysteriously completely clean. Not gross at all. <laughs> it's because Dumpy's been in dirtier places and and somehow managed to get out. Like Rill's bedroom. <laughs> wow, no, Rill's bedroom is not dirty. It's a mess. <laughs> but it's not dirty. Rill, Rill does kind of gesture at the waste bin they, they just drew up in. And they were like, I think this is a, a bio, bio pack. Because, you know, there's a lady's butt cheek or whatever. And, and I think we should confiscate this. <laughs> Uh, sure enough, the uh, mysterious librarians who occasionally show up to sweep things away from you show up and sweep the amulet away from you and uh, pick up the waste bin, put it inside a uh, suspiciously large trash bag with a big old biohazard symbol on it and leave without another word. Who knows what they're doing with that stuff, but it's not your problem anymore. <laughs> Real waves at them is like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they look like they're trying not to think about what's in the bag. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think Rill would just want to lay face down in a bathtub for about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably fair. Uh, Zen, is there anything you want to do to celebrate your victory? Probably wash the people off of me. Also, yeah, I think I think maybe uh, I think we're off to the showers. Yeah, you two go and hit the showers, and uh, Linda breaks out uh, her hair dryer and some pet shampoo and gives Dumpy uh, like a, a nice spa day after all the hard work. She's a little bummed that Dumpy can't talk uh, over here, but um, but who knows? She spends the whole time trying to teach Dumpy words. I thought you were gonna say the pet shampoo was for real, and oh, she no. was going to like. <laughs> I thought she was gonna say it was for Zen. <laughs> we all just assumed the pet shampoo was for us. I, Linda, trust you guys can pick out your own shampoo, and if it's pet shampoo, she has no judgment about that. All right, so congratulations, you guys finished your thirteenth age arc. What did you all think about it? Rose threw up a lot this this arc. <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I think we did uh, some fun stuff in that one. I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, going into this system, I was really excited about the world building and stuff because I think that's really neat, and I love how much emphasis the creators put on freedom and GM choices and the players working together to just make things really cool. But I was not at all excited for the combat because I don't actually like D and D style combat very much. But I have to say, this combat system was unbelievable. And like, if you follow me on Twitter, you've already seen me tweet like obsessively about how great this combat is by the time this episode comes out because y'all I'm obsessed um (laughs) it's so snappy and so fun and so responsive and even in really punishing battles and even in you know really long drawn out like boss battle situations it's still a lot more fun than just you attack you swing your thing you cast this spell and I was really like thrilled both times with the boss battles about how much damage you guys were able to do especially spoiler alert for the last one you all aren't supposed to be fighting fourth level enemies yet their like <laughs> hardest recommended battle is third level oh so you're trying to kill rail <laughs> i wasn't trying to kill rail i was like you know i want to because this is such a like a combat heavy game when you're talking about it in the relatively short term i wanted to really be able to like explore the combat and give you guys some challenges and i was like really pleased you guys were able to kill that last one the first like round or two i was like oh no i messed this up (laughs) and then i did 
28 damage. Yeah, yeah, and then stuff like that happens where it's like, holy shit, how is that possible? I really like how, um, compared to Dungeons and Dragons, where at first level you have like nine hit points and you're doing like three damage per round. I think 13th Age kind of scaled everything up a bit, so I had 33 hit points at first level and was doing a lot more damage than that, and that kind of just made everything feel much more satisfying, even at level 1. Yeah, I basically agree with everything you guys are saying. Like, the fight tempo in 13th Age is really interesting, and I really like the escalation dice. I think that really picks up the pace of combat comparatively to D&D because, you know, there were times where I kept rolling like shit just that entire arc. I just rolled like shit, but eventually it was okay because I got like a plus two or a plus three and then it didn't matter because I, I would hit with that boost. Yeah, it didn't sting as much. Yeah, and so yeah. yeah, that was nice for that. And then also... Like there was all the stuff where if you roll an even number when you're trying to do this, then like you get this extra effect. And I really liked that because even if you only have like a limited move pool, a limited sort of number of actions you can take each round, Round, it made each one of those similar actions like really feel different. Yeah, um, I am a bit of a mixed bag on that. Um, I do like having that option. I do also feel like that is super RNG though, because there's no buffs to it or like a certain stat, which I guess is kind of the point. But there were some things in the combat where it was just like, oh, just roll a flat d20. And it's like, okay, so that's literally just RNG, which if people don't know what RNG means is random number generator. I think we've used that phrase a lot, at least I have, but it also just occurred to me that maybe people don't know what RNG is. But anyway, so it's just like, okay, if I don't roll good... I can't do anything, which is kind of funny because that's also sort of what the D&D issue is. But like with that, it's kind of like, it's interesting because I think what 13th Age does is it either gives you complete RNG or it gives you like more boosts. So it's not RNG, but it depends on what you're trying to roll, if that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, there are definitely times where the way that they handle random numbers helps take the sting away but there's also times where it's like if i can't like beat this ac i'm just kind of doing nothing for multiple turns which is just kind of a problem with d20 combat and was more like what i was expecting so on the whole i was like pleasantly surprised and i found this like really fun as a gm and i think i would find it fun as a player um like my only real beef with the way that the combat works in here is that controlling the enemy npcs is a pain in the butt (laughs) y'all These cards are enormously long, at least for me. So I had to pay a lot of attention to who does what on what roles and how does it work. And then they have all these things on the side that are modifiers. Some of them matter, but a lot of them don't. (laughs) Like a lot of the things that we mentioned during the intro section, um, this game could definitely benefit from some more tuning tuning yeah so like this is a case where like i could have cut down like half the stuff and had a much easier time controlling them and some of that is just my naivete as a player and i don't mean like naivete in the sense of like i'm brand new in this world and i'll trust anything but i mean like in the like the scientific sense of naive like i haven't done this before um none of us have done this before and so maybe if this was like my like fifth time playing 13th age it would be a lot easier 
as a first-time player, it was like, geez, Louise, this is so much to keep track of to control an enemy who I'm going to control for one fight, and then they're dead, and then it's not a thing. Like, that's really my beef, is just that there's some cases where I could use some some brevity, at least in terms of how things are written. In terms of actual play, this is incredibly fun combat, and now I have very strong feelings about this type of system, where there's all these conditional things being like deal D20-style combat, because it's just a lot of fun, in my personal opinion. Like in our first fight when it was the enemy attacked me and rolled an odd number and missed and the escalation die was even and all of those factors came together to trigger my counterattack. And that just felt so cool. Like that's not really a thing I have a ton of control over. It is kind of random, but I kind of see it as like sometimes in combat you just get like a random opening and everything lines up and you get to do something really awesome. And that just felt so good. And that's what I really liked about this system was sometimes things were more chance-based than a lot of other games, but that just meant that like when it happened, it felt that much better. And I also have to say that all the combat was actually relatively climactic. Like there wasn't a lot of stuff where it was like, okay, you hit above the armor class and you do three damage and they die. Like even just like one-on-one fights, real, like you were fighting with the grave meats. Even that was like really cool. Like it's like you ran this like massive like chain lightning yeah that like chain lightning spell which is like really cool (laughs) yeah it's like it wasn't it's not just fighter specific though i suspect that if we did a game without fighters and maybe with just magic classes that maybe some of that joy of combat would be gone because a lot of that's based on the maneuvers but i haven't played more so i can't say that for sure yeah based on what we played i did not have as many cool things to do as zen did unfortunately which is fine that that's i think that's just um a part of the magic caster you know you you make big hits as opposed to doing lots of cool little in-between things like my only my two free action or reaction type things was my curse of chaos which isn't even a sorcerer thing that's just my tiefling ability and then my infernal heritage which uh got me killed (laughs) because holy shit i did not realize i was like oh what's it's gonna be she's like level two it's fine zebra wouldn't make us go up against a really strong high level enemy comparatively sorry (laughs) and then i fucking i fucking nuked myself which is fine like i i think it's i think it's funny and i actually think it's very fitting this early in their journey as librarians especially for real just because it's like i was imagining it to be this big cool thing but i mean let's be real real is not cool at all (laughs) they did some cool stuff but (laughs) so it worked out i thought it was fitting well i also wonder how much of that is just like a first level thing like i'd be really interested to see how these like classes and how the system scales to higher levels yeah that was one of my big not so much beefs with the system but mismatches between this podcast and this system is that I want to play more of this (laughs) um it's definitely not really meant for a pick up and go it's not really meant for drop in and drop out it's not really meant for one shots this is definitely supposed to be like a long-term system yeah especially with the emphasis on cooperative world building and like the use of these icons Yeah, and that was kind of a bummer for me in terms of writing this campaign for you all and in terms of trying to balance between combat and non-combat is that it's like it's really hard to do the non-combat stuff in a one-shot because most of the stuff that you can kind of pick up and resolve soon is either social actions or combat. So there was quite a bit of social actions or combat going on, more so social at the beginning and combat at the end. 
And I did try to like throw some like puzzles in there, but um, man, y'all were on top of me this round. <laughs> I mean, real fell fell into a hole. So <laughs> <laughs> I did like that we got a chance to showcase the like fighting and spirit in action. I think that's like a cool mechanic that I've never seen in any other game. Yeah, I was honestly wasn't actually expecting to get to do that, so I was really glad we got to. I mean, I really think that my big beef with this system is that um, a there are places where it's long winded and confusing. I need like baby's first bullet points or a larger community than there currently is there definitely is a community and so you have things like the srd that's really helpful but sometimes like i wish that i could like watch a ton of videos of famous podcasters or famous youtube folks playing this so i could have like a better idea of what it's actually supposed to look like as opposed to me bubbling through and having to like flip through the index eight million times well now the next person to do that will have our podcast to listen to Yes, yeah, they can they listen will. to us fumbling through the index. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I also just wish that, yeah, that there was easier short-term play. But then again, that's specific to our podcast. If you're looking for a campaign that like you and your friends can really get into, and it's a group that you know well, that you like really want to dive into long-term play with, I would 100% recommend this book. It's really great. There's really a lot to love about it, especially if there's someone in the group who can like teach you the ropes. Like if your GM has played this before and they're like, let's play 13th Age. Hell yeah, baby. You can do some real cool shit in this game and combat feels really good. But there's some stuff that's definitely long term, like the stuff with the icons and the stuff with leveling up and the stuff with the world building. I really wish we could have all done more with that. And it's basically just flavor in terms of a one shot. Yeah, like, even though our episodes release, you know, every other week, and so maybe these campaigns or one shots seem like they take more time than they actually do, we do these in a very short amount of time. So even if you did like a short campaign, you know, you met like once a week, uh, four weeks in a row or something like that, you could still do a lot more with the world building than we were able to do here just because we don't have a ton of time to just, you know, go through and do a one shot. These kind of things we do are better for showing off mechanics, I think. And if we are able to show off kind of short term world building and lore and stuff like that, we, we do that as well. But yeah, like the long term stuff, uh, it doesn't even need to have to be super long term. It's not like you have to have a two year campaign planned out. But just keep in mind that what we have here is a very quick sneak peek into kind of of the stuff we play so like don't be intimidated that you know we were only able to do so and so amount of time in like four episodes <laughs> like we were able to showcase the system but it's by no means comprehensive so was there anything about the system that you all really didn't like I know I had a lot in the first intro episode. Now I'm trying to remember what. And if I still didn't like it. Yeah, I personally felt like when we come coming into this, I was like, ah, oh, there's some cool world building stuff. But man, this game is a mess. And then I actually played it. and I'm like, actually, this game is really fluid and fun. And I just wish it was organized better in terms of how it's presented. Right. Yeah. And that's where I land here now. Yeah, I think that is my major gripe was making a character was actually kind of hard just because of the way the core book was laid out. It was kind of all over the place, and it was just kind of hard to navigate the book. But once you have everything there, once it's all down on paper, it moved really quickly and was really fun to play. Uh, yeah, most of my thing would be, as you guys mentioned, the book itself, that there needs to be a lot of pruning or at least like a TLDR section, maybe some word changes, like what it's like talents versus feats, which is annoying because they don't mean the same thing, but they, in a gaming setting, they are usually interchangeable between games. Whereas in this system, they are two separate things. And that's weird in my opinion. And also, uh, I mean, this is more of an SRD type thing because I try to use the SRD as like, 
like a TLDR, but there were just like very important things. I feel like the SRD did not point out that like, you know, you yeah. you need three talents when you pick out your character. And it was like, that wasn't on the like the sorcerer SRD page. Maybe, maybe it was on the uh, character creation page, but that differs per class, right? I feel like that should be something on yeah. the class pages. And maybe like it would have been nice to have like some flow charts or some cheat sheets with like these are the available actions. And I don't know, maybe I'll make one for when we post up these episodes. <laughs> yeah, cute. this is definitely a case where it would be awesome to have some more resources. And if those resources were available, if there was like a D&D Beyond for 13th Age where they like held your hand and really walked you through how to create a character based specifically on what you did, I would recommend this game even to first time people. Because I'd be like, you're storytelling. And then like the rest of it's combat flow and more storytelling so you'll be good (laughs) yeah the whole time we were playing this i was thinking like maybe i should convert the in-person game i run into a 13th age game i mean if you guys do a lot of combat it might be worth it yeah yeah i was i was really surprised by how much i enjoyed this system so so well done creators i can see why this has the prestige associated with it it does i will say things i didn't like though on top of the book needing a bit more reorganization slash pruning such as like editorial stuff i'm not a huge fan of how spells work for instance i get four spells as a sorcerer that's fine like whatever I probably should have picked one of the breath spells because that actually does something different mechanically. But to me, that just didn't seem fun to play with because basically it was an ongoing effect and it was something I would basically have to roll for every turn. And I'm just not a huge fan of that kind of gameplay because as I mentioned, like I'm not a huge fan of the RNG in this game where it's just like roll a flat 1d20. That's bonkers to me because it's just like, okay, so if I have bad luck, which I clearly do... (laughs) um, I, I'm fucked then. Like, my lightning fork and my resist energy, I could only use once per battle, and if I don't recharge it, then I have to wait until a full rest, or a full heal, or whatever. And you can only take a full heal after you've taken four quick rests, or something like that. So it's like, if I roll, like, dog shit, which I did, then it's like, okay, well, I lost one of my most powerful spells, which I understand, because you can't have sorcerers just shooting lightning out her finger for 3d6 damage, you know, every round, every battle, but that's also what, like, spell slots are for, and with spell slots, that feels more like a decision I am making and a resource that I am managing versus, oh, I use this the one time, and then I can't use it anymore, and then after that, I just, I'm stuck using chaos bolt yeah which is fine like chaos bolt is cool but like chaos bolt in DD, you get to pick the damage type each time you cast it and then that one is actually you can pick two types of energy because you roll like a, a 2d8 or something i can't remember and, and so like that's very cool whereas like having one chaos bolt that is just fire for three to four rounds of battle is not very chaotic whereas the kind of chaos of this chaos bolt in 13th age is the chaotic benefit um which adds like an interesting and cool flavor sort of but it's also i think it's also a question of being level one because two of the effects i have is dealing my level in damage to the enemy and one of those is only if they're staggered and the other one is like I get plus one AC for like the next round or two and I don't know if that would have been helpful (laughs) for like this enemy because she seemed to be doing mental damage right mostly yeah so that's kind of my gripe with that um but that might be once again like a sorcerer type thing I I think it's just kind of interesting coming from a D&D sorcerer which has like a bunch of sorcerer points I can do a bunch of meta magic abilities which 
Uh, for anyone who doesn't know D&D Sorcerers, you basically have a separate pool of resource called Sorcerer Points, and then you have different metamagic abilities that you can pick. So I would be able to spend so-and-so amount of Sorcerer Points to cast two spells on my turn, or something like that. And so, kind of having that, like, oh, I, I mean, like, Lightning Fork was badass as fuck. I liked stabbing into the, the Grave Meats and doing, like, uh, a, like a Cheatory from Naruto or some shit. But it was like, okay, well, I didn't roll to recharge it, so I'm just casting, essentially, Firebolt <laughs> for the, the next battle, and that's, like, all I can do. <laughs> Going in, I thought, like, it's really cool that you can do damage on a miss. Um, but at level one, when it's stuff like, yes, you do your level in damage on a miss, it's like, okay, I miss and I do one damage. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's almost that's almost insulting. Yeah. Yeah, it would be a lot cooler if you were, like, level five. Yeah. And Bappy, I think you make some really good points. And I'm glad that you played a magic casting character. And I'm glad that you have experience playing them. I almost never play like wizards or sorcerers. Same. Because I have not found a tabletop system that I feel like does magic in a way that really clicks with me. I don't know what it is. And this is no exception. 13th Age, I think, for all the reasons that you mentioned, has spell casting that isn't always very satisfying. Yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't found a system yet that I feel like really hits the nail on the head when it comes to spellcasting. I hope we find one. I hope we find one where like, this is the 13th age of spellcasting. Like 13th (laughs) age is the 13th age of combat. And then we can squish them together and make the best RPG system in the world. So my question is, because you guys haven't really played spellcasters, um, and Ziva's mentioned it's because there isn't really a spell system that's clicked for you. For Dorka, is that the same reason? Or do you just not like playing magic casters? And then kind of as a sub question, if it's the system that you both don't like, what kind of system would you want? Like feel wise, not necessarily mechanics wise, because we're not just going to make up a magic spellcasting system in five minutes. But like, what is something you would look for in a satisfying spellcasting system slash mechanic well for me i don't think it's that i haven't found something that clicks necessarily i think for me just like my power fantasy is more about like swinging a big ass weapon around being and, a seven foot tall like, lizard woman <laughs> yeah just <laughs> doing a ton of like physical weapon damage and i do play a lot of clerics and paladins so, like, I do get a little bit of magic in there sometimes, but, like, cleric and paladin magic is usually more about, like, buffing and yeah. healing than, like, pure offense. Right, like, smites are technically magic, but smites are just... But they're generated by an attack. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. I'm gonna cut you, cut into you with a sword and do a big explosive amount of huge fuck-off damage, and I crit. Yeah, and that's really fun for me. Yeah, for me, I think I want spellcasting that feels as satisfying as combat does, where you feel like you're dealing damage that's meaningful and you feel like you're somewhat free to make choices. And I feel like a lot of spellcasting systems, because they don't want you to be OP instead of choosing balanced spells, they just limit the amount of spells you can do. Right. That's just my own personal perception. I definitely haven't like dove into tabletop or game design in general enough to like, you know, be able to say definitively like what that would look like. But that's why I personally don't like spellcasting. I want spellcasting that feels free and powerful and not like accounting. (laughs) Yeah, no, I feel you. I want to go into this a little bit more just because I think this is an interesting conversation because uh, I've been kind of meddling around with trying to make like a TTRPG system and it's going to be very combat focused because of the inspiration material. 
And so for me, when I'm trying to map this stuff out, it's kind of the inspiration was like 13th Age, because I was like, holy crap, like this combat goes very back and forth and has, um, as I mentioned, like a, a very good like combat uh, tempo, um, which is something that I, I think is really interesting because I've never really considered or thought too hard about that until we started playing 13th Age. And so especially in regards to spellcasting, here's like a big issue on my end that it bothers me is that I love the fantasy and idea of being like a dope ass spellcaster, but I also hate things like the way games limit spellcasting, as Ziva mentioned, because they don't want it to be OP. And so for me, when you were saying that, I was like, that makes sense. Because like, for me, I like very reaction based, like, like, if I played a fighter in D&D, I feel like I would like that a lot, because you can roll like three attack dice and then hit someone three times per turn. Whereas like, you're never going to get like double attacks as a as a spellcaster, unless you were playing a sorcerer who used quicken spell. And even then, you're, uh, if you play by the official kind of ruling that limits you to your actual spells and then a cantrip. And so I, I guess kind of the trade-off in my head is usually spellcasters do a lot of damage, like a huge fuck ton of damage, as opposed to being able to do a lot of swings at the same time. Because if you kind of rebalance spellcasting so that you could be uh, like shooting magic missiles out of your hand like every turn and rolling like a bunch of dice and reactions and stuff like that, wouldn't that just be like magic flavored melee? Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Yeah, so I guess that's kind of like my question is, this is like, I wonder how that would work. There's got to be a way to make spellcasting feel more dynamic as opposed to like, like in an MMO, uh, if you play a, like a mage in World of Warcraft, you're going to be like casting frost bolts or whatever, or fire bolts, and then occasionally you will get an on chance proc that you can like, you know, smack. But for, for the most part, it's very like, it's not really reactionary or reflexive, at least from what I understand. That's why like magic casting in video games specifically tends to be very boring for me because that's how they balance spellcasters in video games. They put spell times, like cast times on stuff as opposed to just like doing stuff. And so I don't know, like I just, I'm trying to think what would be kind of the best way to make spellcasting more interesting, more fast paced and not just turn it into magic flavored melee combat. Yeah, man, that's a really good question. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wonder if maybe pulling from a pool of magic or like having so only so much energy you can use to spend on magic makes sense. And I realize that's what spell slots are kind of trying to do, but it always feels so like number crunchy to me. Like it doesn't feel like I'm a powerful wizard and if I draw too deeply I'll exhaust myself just like you know swinging axes around exhaust you it always feels like I'm a powerful wizard and I get seven spells today <laughs> yeah I think maybe instead of the spell slot system just because like narratively speaking and just like the connotation of the phrase spell slot just doesn't feel very like power fantasy medieval kind of like gamey fun kind of it, I just don't like the way the term spell slot sounds. Yeah. That's just like a completely me brain worms type thing. So I kind of wonder, like you mentioned with a pool of magic, kind of like in video games, you have SP or mana or whatever, you know, maybe it would essentially work the same as spell slots, but it would be called something different and also do something slightly different. So for, for instance, you know, if you start off with 10 points of mana and you have these level one, two, three, four, and five spells prepared, you know, you could cast... 
two level five spells, or you could upcast a level two spell and into a level three spell, and that would use three points of mana. Which I guess, I guess that kind of limits you even more spell slot wise because. Well, I think we'd have to find a balance there between, like, I guess how much everything costs and how much of a pool you're drawing from. Right. But I, I feel like that would make me feel like I had a little more agency, even though we've basically just taken spell slots and tossed them into one pool together. Right. But it's like the frame of mind. Right. And just like the way you think about it, in my opinion, because it's like, even when you're like a level 20 uh, character in D&D, which is the max level character, you're a god at that point, essentially, you only get like one level nine spell, you know, like, and you get like maybe two or three level eight spells or something like that, which I get like level nine spells is like wish you can wish for anything to happen. So they're very, very, very powerful spells. But it's just like, okay, I get one level nine spell slot. And it's like, I've been playing this game for two years. And it's just like, well, that just feels <laughs> it feels bad. Yeah, I'm just like, I don't want one level nine spell slot. Like, I don't want to be able to catch just one level nine spell. Like, that's just dumb. <laughs> well, I mean, level nine spells are supposed to be like reality breaking. So I kind of get it's it. It's like if God was like, okay, I want to make some shit, but I only got one level nine spell today. So yeah, that's why this is my hot Dungeons and Dragons take is that like mid level D&D is more interesting than super high level D&D. I think that's actually a pretty yeah. popular opinion. Just based on the people I've talked to and some podcasts I listen to, that seems to be consensus, at least among the 30 people that I've taken my uh, opinions from. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's something that's I kind of had noodling around in my head for the past couple yeah. weeks because I've just been thinking about combat tempo. So I guess note to selves, let's find some games with weird and interesting magic systems. We, we should yeah. just hit up the uh, BK Roll Dice Discord server and be like, hey guys. Yeah, who has cool magic? The system in Heroic Chord is really cool. Okay, yeah, you guys should check out our friends at Sword of Symphonies where they play the Heroic Chord system that they made themselves. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully we'll get them on here soon so you guys can uh, listen to us fumble as Kat teaches us how to play their system. <laughs> so um, somewhat relatedly to uh, making things ourselves, our next episode, we're going to be doing our holiday special this year because it's that time of year already. Um, so to um, send the year off on a positive note, we are going to be playing a homebrew game that we've been working on. That's a little bit of a D&D hack and a little bit of um, some original content, um, especially now that Bappy's put a ton of work into it. We're going to be playing Rats and Rocks, which is the system that we have been joking about for like episodes and episodes um i'm so excited y'all it's just gonna be just a ton of fun it's a very unfair game it's gonna be a 10 minute episode <laughs> it's it's just gonna be completely punishing and incredibly goofy and a ton of fun to play so yeah tune in for our holiday special coming to you next episode all right any last thoughts about 13th age I feel like the Prince of Shadows should have said Pog Champ when we were returning back to the library when he was congratulating <laughs> me at least. <laughs> I am. Um, You're the only one who knows what that means. Yeah, I'm not that cool. <laughs> I barely know what Pog Champ means. A negative Pog Champ to me. Bog Champ. <laughs> what? 
bog champ. Oh, is that like bad pog champ? Is that the opposite? No, I no, I just made that up. Please don't use that oh, okay. as actual slang. You're gonna sound like a nerd. <laughs> yeah, I don't know shit about streaming other than like what I've seen you do. And so if you tell me this is like this is like Stephen King plots or Pokemon. If you tell me anything streaming lingo, I'm like, sounds good. Yeah, there's a Pokemon called Bog Champ. It lives in a bog and it plays video games all day and all also right, has a we gun. Need to end this before Pappy <laughs> hits us with more puns. <laughs> yeah, no, it's getting we're getting uh, a increase. We're getting escalation die. <laughs> so, all right, thanks so much for listening to our thirteenth age arc, everyone. And uh, more like a have escalation a great- die because it's a pun escalation, and I'm pestering. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So uh, thanks so much for listening to our 13th Age arc and listening to this episode. And uh, you'll hear from us again soon. Bye. Bye. Maybe. Bye. Have you ever wanted a podcast that tackles the hard questions? Like, why do wizards wear those pointy hats? Is it morally okay to burn your name into a table? Is there a difference between dead and never waking up? Well, if you've ever wanted to know the answers to any of these questions, then I have a podcast for you. We are Goblets and Gaze, a bi-weekly Pathfinder 2E podcast. Join our cast of an angsty barbarian, a pyromaniac goblin, a girl whose family loved astrology a little too much, a cultist, and a hot topic reject as they journey to a lost city and try to keep a twink alive. Follow us all on your social media at Goblets and Gaze, join our Discord as well, and we hope to see you out there. Goodbye! The Eternity Archives is hosted, produced, and edited by Dorka, Kite, and Siva. Find us on Twitter at, at @thearchivespod or online at theeternityarchives.com. Our intro music is Paint the Sky by Hans Adam, and sound effects are obtained from zapsplat.com. Check out our show notes for more information and some helpful resources. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to The Eternity Archives on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. Consider supporting us by telling your friends about us, or leave us a tip at our Ko-fi page, ko-fi.com slash theeternityarchives. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.